Hello to everyone listening or watching for episode 185 of Tree Talk. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. Uh, every weekend we say it has been a bumper weekend, but it was a historic weekend, Matt, and we will get into it. But we have a double Munster fine to look forward to um, after last weekend. And then this weekend, we've done their 20s, not Ireland final, and the Camogie teams start off their championship campaign. So as, as usual, stay tuned for all that and more as we go through them. The impression again, we get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth the goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth the goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the World Court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Now, Matt, it's historic. I'd love to hear. Is there anyone listening or watching uh, when we when we listen back that was maybe at those Munster finals, but even was alive in 1934 when the Limerick senior footballers and hurlers were in Munster Championship action? Um, it just goes to show it doesn't happen very often around here. Now, it happened a few times. In the first quarter century of the GA and there into 1934, but it's been long overdue. And I suppose when you look at the context of it, in and we will as we get close time in 2010 when the footballers were last in the Munster final, it was probably the darkest hour for the hurlers. And then only a couple of years later, when the hurlers had rectified it, the footballers were languishing in, in Division Four. So, I mean. I suppose five or six years ago, you would never have seen this happen. It just goes to show the work that's been done by John Kiley and Billy Lee and so many more than on top of that. It is, but Jack, we'll start off maybe with the history lesson this week because it's 1934 since the last two, um, since the last time that both Limerick teams were in the senior finals. And shortly after that, actually, Limerick opted out of the Munster Championship and competed in the Junior Championship. And... Re returned to the, the Senior Football Championship in 1965 and announced their return in, in spectacular fashion with a 2-5 to 6 points victory over Cork in the Munster semi-final in Kalani, which set up um, a home Munster final against Kerry that year. And it, the, the Omens were looking very, very good at halftime because Limerick were up by two goals at halftime. In, in, in that final in the Gaelic grounds, but that the power of Kerry came to the fore in, 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 in the second half and, and um, denied us, um, you know, what would be only a second ever Munster Senior Football Championship. I think our one and only Munster Championship, was it in 1891? 96, so, I think. Hmm? Oh, 96, 96 well, yeah. Um, you or I weren't around, Jack, when, when, when Limerick last won it. So... Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, that, that there'll be a certain amount of emotion and, you know, a huge amount of goodwill um, towards Limerick and Killarney on Saturday week, notwithstanding the fact now that um, Limerick are very, very dominant in terms of hurling. And you mentioned that they are at the outset and, um, 
you know, what a spectacular couple of weeks to look forward to. As you rightly said, we have the under-20 hurling All-Ireland final this weekend. The following Saturday, we have the Munster Senior Football final. The following Saturday, we have the Celtic Challenge Cup, um, current John Scott final. And the following day, we have the Munster Senior Hurling final. So, you know, happy days. Yeah, it's definitely happy days. And um, I suppose it was I, I got to go to the games was a big thing for me. Just to be out there and um, being able to, especially for the footballers, because listening mm-hmm. to that Clare game um, in Ennis when they won on penalties was fairly torturous. Now, we did have to make the choice between the extra time and penalties in the FA Cup final and Turles, but I suppose there was only really one one option there. So we headed up and we'll start in Turles because, to be fair... I'm just wondering, Jack, I, I can't help thinking to myself, um, are you and I kind of magpies? I'd say so somehow, <laughs> in a way. Like the, you know, I, I, I have missed more games since last November than I had done in my lifetime. Yeah, and I way I more games, and um, you know, but e- everything is going swanningly well. So, I, had I, had had we better stay away for another while, Jack? Yeah, that's the thing. Now, look, <laughs> they got the win on Saturday, and I was I was there. It was a draw on Sunday, so. Um, I'll hedge my bets. We'll see this Sunday. I, I'll be in Turles, so if uh, if the Twinties don't get over the line, I mightn't be at the, the finals. I will go, but we will start with, start with the footballers because it it's a huge achievement. Um, it, it's a much bigger achievement for the footballers getting to the Munster final than the hurlers. Um, right now, like I think that's fair to say, and that's no disrespect to anyone. I think it's more of a compliment to the hurlers than anything. But to be on the field afterwards and meeting the players, um like we did when they beat for men. And I know you weren't at either occasion, unfortunately, but just there's a real intimate feeling to the to the football at the moment in Limerick. Um, suck in the sport, it warrants. Um, we saw that with Hurling a few years ago, the, the, the numbers have increased and that's just normal. But with the football, it's nice. There was there was a group of us from home that went down. As I said, we watched the, the 90 minutes of the FA Cup final and a, a few stayed behind. Um, but most of us went back up to Turles and... The first half wasn't great fair. Um, second half w- was much improved. And I think it just goes to show the growth of Billy Lee's side. Obviously, got the job done there in 2019. That was a, a shock, really. I think Billy even acknowledged that. The following year then, it was Connor Sweeney, but a magic when Limerick dominated. But in the first half, it was a case of Limerick playing within themselves, even though they are a division ahead of tip because for so long, they were the underdogs in all these games. But in the second half, they just they just showed the team they have become that they've moved up a level. Um, one three to six at half time, it finished two ten to ten. Like it was very dominant. Um, like Brian Fanning kept the shackles on Connor Sweeney. He showed he's as good going one way as he is the other way. Um, there was just mag- mag- magical performance to Lordfield. Killing Fahey scored after twelve points. And very reminiscent to John Galvin's score against Kerry in that Munster final in 2010 where he scored straight from the throw-in. So hopefully more of that to come down the line. But for Limerick, I think it was a it was a case of they trusted in themselves that they were the better team and they expressed themselves. And you saw that with Brian Donovan's goal. They went for goals early and Josh Ryan got a goal. But there was just so many stand-up players from everyone. I know you weren't there, but I'm sure you've done a load of research. But... Just after it's it's that reaching the Munster final and obviously getting back-to-back wins in the Munster Championship for the first time and I'd even think it was 2009, I think 2010 they were straight in the semi-final. It's just huge for Limerick football. 
Just massive, Jack. And like, if you contextualize it, and I, 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 I'll go back four years, and we go back to the 2018 um, National Football League Division Four, when where Limerick were anchored in Division Four, and the sum total of Limerick's efforts in that year in seven games was three points, uh, a single point, um, a point with a fortuitous draw with London in Ryslip followed by a last-minute goal in Martinstown against Waterford to clinch a victory. Um, when, when you reflect on that, and that's just only four years ago, and to see what, where Limerick have come, right, it's been well chronicled at this stage. They have they have won Division 4 in 2000. They have been promoted from Division, uh, Division 3 uh, this year. And obviously, you know, for the benchmark was how would they perform in the championship? And like in last year's championship, um, they had a stunning victory over Waterford in the first round in the Gaelic grounds and hopes were high that um, that they would put it up to Cork and probably a bit unlucky against Cork. Um, um, lost on Los Sullivan very, very early in the game, I think in the first 10 minutes. And credit his name, Saikam Sullivan from Palace Green, who came in his place. But you were losing a leader on your team. And you fast forward to this year and, um, you know, there had to be two goals. And um, it, it, it was a question of almost last Saturday killing two birds with the one stone. Mm. And the, the two goals being to win two championship games in one year and the second one to get to the Munster football final. So both of those has have, have been achieved now. But when you contrast that with 2018, Jack, it gives you an idea of the sort of development that has taken place in the squad now. And there's quite a few of those players still around. Yeah, an awful lot. But it also gives you an, a sense of the enormity of the job that Billy Lee and his backroom team have done. It is absolutely simply phenomenal, the, the the job that they had done, and like it's it's not it's not very very long ago. It's only five years ago, since when when over fifty players um, declined to Willie uh, to Billy Lee to become involved. So like it just gives you a sense of of, of the better place that we're in. Now looking back on 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 last um, Saturday evening. And look, I, I just want to take up your point about Brian Fanning. And we were talking, Jack, in the early stages of the league about the loss that Brian Fanning was. Now we know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He has he has evolved into an absolutely fantastic player, either, either in defence or going forward. And, of course, the, the, the ultimate test was for him last Sunday. When he asked last Saturday evening, when he came up against Conor McSweeney, who he really put the shackles on. The previous week, um, he 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 rambled through Cusick Park and and got that fame and got that famous goal, you know. Yeah. Um, he can go either way. Uh, <laughs> Palace Green man now is becoming a bit of a ride of the Rovers, I think, you know. Yeah, well, he'll have his hands full the next day. Um, you, you know, um, it it was a very tentative first half. And Billy Lee said in his, his interview afterwards, I think he mentioned something to the effect that Limerick were nearly afraid to go and win it. But by yeah. God, whatever he said to him at halftime, um, you know, 
any fears or any doubts were banished. And it was a fantastic second half performance and a fantastic way they closed out the game. And, you know, we've spoken time and time again about um, the Limerick hurlers bench. Now, Limerick footballers are going down the same road. They have Mm. players coming off the bench that are making an impact and none more so than Robbie Burke. You know, yeah. and I, 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 I think it's testimony to the strength of the Limerick team that Robbie Burke doesn't have a starting berth. I'd say Robbie has played so well; he's played himself out of a starting berth. If you get me, um, like Shane Dowling in twenty eighteen for the hurlers was invaluable. Robbie was the same. Like, because even a few of us were wondering, we're thinking it was sooner rather than later when we'd see him because Limerick didn't really fire in the first half, but my God, when he comes on, like he's. Huge boot of ball, first and foremost, but the accuracy he finds himself in a lot of brilliant positions because he's he's not very quick, like he's not slow by any means. But he would be the faster of the brothers, but deadly accurate. Three more points to go with a goal and two and a penalty mm-hmm. on top of that in Ennis. Um, I don't think we'll see it from the start, but it's one Kerry will have to have to keep an eye on that they'll know that he will be coming in at some stage, and if you give him space and even if you don't give him space, he's still will able to, to kick it over the bar. But Limerick will look, it's going to be a huge challenge, Kerry. And we will look forward to the game in full next week because it's the week after. But how brilliant is it to say that Limerick are, are going up against Kerry and look, huge, huge challenge, Jack. Claire went to the Gaelic grounds to play to play Kerry in the Munster final in 1992, captained by Francis McInerney. And they were only turning up to make numbers. They won the Munster Football Championship. Tipperary went down to Cork two years ago um, in, 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 in the bloody Sunday final. And, and um, they, 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 again, they were only making up numbers. But there was belief in, in Tipperary. Um, speaking to people in Tipperary before that, that particular game, there was even an element of confidence that they were going to beat Cork. And I think that's what you need. And 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 um, they went down and they, they delivered. At the end of the day, Jack, this is 15 players in Kerry jerseys against 15 players in Limerick jerseys. Yeah. You know? And I'm I'm not one of those people, and you'll say I have green mist. If Raf was there sitting in the chair now, he would be accusing me of all sorts of green mists and green this and green that and green the other thing. But I don't think it's a foregone con- conclusion at all. No, no I think if Kerry had to win the Munster Football Championship, they'll damn earn it. Yeah, and I think it's it's a it's a decent matchup for Limerick because Kerry's main strength is is their forwards. There's no getting around <laughs> that. But I mean Limerick's defense has been unreal this year, really. Um they've good matchups. It'd be interesting to see who goes on. Dave Clifford, because obviously Sean O'Dee picked up Sam Mulroy and did a great job on him in Crow Park, mm-hmm. and Brian Fanning picked up Connor Sweeney at the weekend, so Look, we'll we'll have we'll have a think about that for for the next week, and we can discuss this. Well, later. I, well uh, whatever about we thinking, I think just Kerry that have to do with the thinking. <laughs> yeah, they will, of course. Um, I just probably think a while ago. Um, anyone have questions? And I have two from Michael Conway, but there's one hurling, one football. And before we move on to to hurling, because we will look at football in full next week. Um, mm-hmm. he just is wondering, is the football academy producing enough um good footballers to improve Limerick? And I think. The answer is in the recent results, not only at senior level, but underage. That obviously Kerry and Cork at underage levels have 
have moved or always going to be that bit ahead. Not always, but they, they're more than likely going to be ahead. But I suppose the Miners reached the Munster final last year. Um, they kind of but solidified But them unlucky not to win it, Jack. Yeah, they solidified themselves as the fourth best this year because there's a very good Tipperary team there. Um, the Twinties got a win over Waterford consistently. When I was kind of minor, 20s, that kind of age, the Limerick teams weren't winning at all against anyone. Whereas now, there's consistent wins over Waterford, generally against Clare, Barrett. They have, they have a good, uh, I say, I say they're 21s now. They have a really good team. Um, But, you know, these kind of, the Limerick are, I think the academy is definitely working. And, and it goes to show that there is, it, it's, you can't, in football, definitely, you can't just go from underage into senior like there's a lot of strength and condition work to be done and that's obvious but as a whole this academy is definitely working i suppose it's never going to produce the the results that the hurling one is doing because that's just an exceptional bunch you have seven or eight players that came within a four or five span for the hurlers that will go down as limerick's best you know that's not going to happen but for the football i definitely think it's working you i agree jack i i agree totally with your um you know, um, prior to the academy, and you're, you're right, um, Limerick were hovering in fifth and sixth place in Munster. Now they're up there mid-table, as it were, three, third and fourth. And the, the, the trick and the challenge for Limerick now is to go to the next level. So yeah. um, I, 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 I think the minor of last year and the minors this year is testimony to how the academy is working. And it, 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 it needs time. Um, these things don't happen overnight, you know. And I, 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 I would say to Michael, you know, and it, it's a thing that's in, in scarce commodity at times, is patience. Yeah. Um, I, I think we need the patience. And like the Limerick are fielding teams that have been very, very competitive at under 15 and under 16 levels. Um, they, they were playing Roscommon and Galway there recently and under 15 or under 16 and they beat one and lost to the other you know that was unthinkable um, six, seven, eight years ago prior to the academy yeah it looked, there, there, there's phenomenal work being done in, in the academy and it, 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 let's have a bit of patience I, I, I think it, it, it's beginning there are green shoots there already yeah it just I think the football um, you just have to be at some. You have to be at a certain physical level in hurling. Um, your stick work will get you away that bit quicker. And in football, it's just a slow transition. And as we said, it's the same players in a Munster final now that were in Division Four three or four years ago. Just that bit of work there. Well, not bit of work. An awful lot of work has gone into it from both management teams and players, and and it's reaping the award. So we've that's one Munster final to look forward to. Uh, the twenty eighth of May. Um, Liverpool are in play until eight o'clock that evening. The footballers are on a tree. So there'll be no worry. They can go to extra time and take the time of penalties and everything. As long as Zimmer come through, there'll be no rushing that way. Uh, it was confirmed by Cork, really, that we'd have a double Munster final. But I suppose I was in Ennis and like you'd hate to start in a bad note, but I was in Ennis and at the end of the, of the game, it was confirmed as a rematch. Limerick and Clare in the Munster final in three weeks and as good as all it was and there was just a part of me that was just annoyed with the decision to send off Gerard Hegarty. And now we're going to start there because it was a main talking point. I think Limerick's win over Tipperary almost guaranteed they were going to get the Munster final, but they, they got the job done anyway, like even without Gerard. But I want to start there because 
Like he, he's been scapegoated. Um, there was well, neither was a yellow in my opinion. You can try and prove me wrong all you want. Um, the physical game is hurling. Garod is a physical player. He's not a dirty player. There's a, there's a big difference there. He's six foot five. He's probably probably hundred kgs. If he tips off you, it's gonna you're gonna feel it. That's just the nature of it. Um, he used his body extremely well. He's pulled and dragged the other way, and it, it's allowed. But like. Can you make head and tails of the of the yellows? And look, we don't want to be given out about refs. We praise them more often than not. But on this this occasion, like the it has to be talked about. Jackie, part of you was annoyed about it. The whole of me was annoyed about it. Okay. I thought it was a scandalous decision. Um both yellows, Jack. Yeah. Both yellows. Um, like we're talking about speeding up the game and all this sort of thing. Um, the first yellow he encountered when he attempted to take a quick line ball and was impeded by a clear player and got 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 a yellow card for his troubles. For what? Is it even in the rule book that that is a, a yellow card offence? You know, um, should, should, should it have been the clear man that got the yellow card? Well, I think you just say, you just say, all right, because himself and that... Uh... Uh, Mac and Ernie were having a great battle. In fairness, like they were, they were both given as good as the, as they got. You'd just say, "Come the jet sleds. Let's just take the sideline again. Move on." Yeah. Because yeah. when you're, I think there's too many yellows being brandished and hurling. We saw it Austin Gleeson earlier. If if I'm marking you, Matt, and you get a yellow, I'm going to be pulling and dragging at you because I know at the end of the day we'll both get yellows and you will be sent off and I'll be grant. Yeah. That if you give someone a yellow card for something that's like not really a clear cut yellow card, they're in real danger of getting sent off because other players are they're too clever these days. Um and you can antagonize anyone off the ball because that won't be seen. That was the first yellow and like Crowdegory plays his game for the next forty minutes and there's there's no issues like but then um and 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 there was and there were no issues. No no issues no. did arise. That that's the thing about it. And I, 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 I can't understand. Um, Column Lines was quite near it. Obviously, he saw something anyway. Checked with the linesman who didn't appear to confirm one way or the other. Checked with the um, umpires who, with all due respects to him, you know, were 50 or 60 meters away from it. You know, and um, I, I just don't know how the decision was arrived at, Jack. Yeah, to be fair to, to Column Lines, I don't know, like, can you blame him? Because he spoke to, to three people and he all yeah, said yeah, earpiece. He, like, he, he just didn't send him off on the hoof. Like, he didn't, you know, yeah. he, he he went around and, and he checked and he checked and he checked, you know. He, we he don't know. Every, he checked with everybody except the fellow in the chip pen outside, nearly, you know. Yeah, so um, We don't know what he was told by anyone. Like, I mean, the umpire could have said, yeah, I definitely saw him, him swinging. And to be fair, like, <laughs> like when you tackle with a hurley, the hurley is going to move. Like there's, there's, it's like jumping in soccer with your hands. Like your hands are going to move. Like you know, you're going to throw elbows in the air when you move. That's just the nature of it. But I mean, the simulation is another thing. Then all, all together, uh, apart from the yellow card, because if the Claremont just gets up, there's there's no yellow. Like there's no there's no problem. The fact that he goes down, it, I suppose it, it puts it in the referee's hands that something has to be done. There's a good clear crowd there. They're going to roar and shout. I don't blame mm -hmm. any of them. You do the same for Limerick, but 
I don't know, is, is do you need something like a VAR system um, going forward? Do you need the, the, the linesman? Surely be, saw that there was not I'd be, taught, I'd be totally opposed to VAR, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah, well, uh, if, if it was as bad as it was for Everton, as it was for Limerick, I'd say stay away from it. Um, definitely yeah, when, 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 you can, when you can pull the jersey off a guy in a vital Premier League game and, and um, VAR decides that there, there's nothing untoward about it, so bye-bye VAR as, far, VAR as far as I'm concerned, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, there's just pulling and dragging going off all, all, all over the field, like, but there's certain players that are singled out for us. Um, like, Declan Hannon took an awful... We've been saying this, Jack, that, and, and I, I've been saying it for quite a while, that, and I put Angela in the same boat now. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think there's a certain element out there that believe that these two guys are fair game. And maybe not being afforded the protection that they should be. Mm. You know, like and, they've, um, they've they've got reds before. Um, obviously they were both sent off in the league, but I mean, they both took their sentence off in the league. Like the Hagerty won against Galway was a red, but it was a melee started by by Galway. Yes, the Galan one was just it was reckless enough against Conor Cleary. It was silly, like he'll know that himself. Look, they learn from these things, but. Now you're getting sent off for pulling on the jersey, like you know that there is this agenda out there beforehand that like if Hegarty does anything, like if if the if the roles are reversed and McInerney did what Hegarty did with the sideline ball, like there'd be nothing done about it. You know, Hegarty still probably get the yellow actually, to be honest with you. But if it was you know maybe another wing and it was Tom Morrissey against Dermot Ryan. You just pull it back and you're like, John, can we just let's let's get this going again? Yeah, it's it's just because there's got old Higgerty. I I I I don't know, and like and you know, we're talking about an absolutely fantastic horror, like and you know, who, who people should be, you know, who people are uh, paying money to pum, put bums and seats to watch, you know, um, mm. and who you can watch all day every day, you know, and that's the thing as well. Like he's one of the, the five best players in the country. I think anyone have him in the top five list. That yeah. like you're curtailing his game, but there's no issues. If he goes over the line, fair enough. But like you're he'll be going into that one's final tackling and he won't be tackling properly. And he kind of self and Willow set the tone for Limerick in terms of physicality. You'd hate to see his game diluted for no real reason. Like, I mean, if he was extremely reckless in everything he did. Then that's fair enough. But like as I said, when Road Hegarty hits you, you're gonna feel it. Now, like if he hits you the fairest belt in the world, it'll probably be worse than a lot of lads' worst dirtiest belts. But that's just he's a physical specimen. There's there's nothing you can do about that. Like if yeah. Kyle Hayes gets a run on you, he's gonna get away from you quicker than most most other people, just the way he's built. Like just I don't know, I don't want to dwell too much and I know we have spoke about it. The game itself, we're gonna get a replay um in the Munster final. Personally, for me, being there, I didn't think the game was great. Now, there was a great atmosphere there. Don't get me wrong. Ennis is a fantastic venue in terms of, like, atmosphere. Logistics-wise, I don't know how great it is. Just, like, it was very packed. Um, The bathroom situation. Well, it, it, Jack, it was a good, good, tough, traditional Monster Hurling Championship game. I thought there was too many frees in the first half. Did you get yeah. that sense? Yeah, and but maybe not spectacular, you know? Um, but certainly there was a good bite, good trust, and uh, you know, cotton trust in it. And you, I, I suppose, Column Lines had to say to himself, like that, you know, 
we have to make sure that we we kind of keep the temperature you know where it should be you know um yeah. uh, but um i you know you know for, for the neutral jack it, it was a great game i would imagine yeah it look it was physicality intensity wise brilliant um as you said it wasn't spectacular both teams went at it it was really an old school hurling game. I think just a bit too many frees. But what about um, Tony Kelly? Obviously for Clare, but Dara Burns matched him stride for stride. Um, I know most of his scores came from frees, but it, a lot of them were into wind and from way out the field. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dara Burns is taking the late equaliser was a huge one, Jack. Like has Dara taken a free closer than sixty five this year? Probably not, and he has nailed probably. 25 or so frees now. No, 25 is hardly a bit much. He's probably nailed about four or five frees a game, which would give him the bones of 20. Like, I mean, that's like that's unmatched at the moment. He's he's long range free taking is and then the other side, Tony Kelly. But I suppose we got a good battle down the sideline at one stage. There we got a great hook in, and I don't think that was a foul either. Just because obviously you're going to come through someone if you're chasing them and they they stop. But um, I'd say it'd be a plan in place for Tony Kelly. For the Munster final, and it could be Dara Burns again, and you'd love to see the two of them going at it again. I suppose outside of, of Limerick and Clare for a minute, um, did, you you didn't expect that that Cork that Cork win over Waterford. I kind of expected them to win. Now I did think Clare would lose and they'd go down to the final well, day. I, I didn't I didn't discount it, Jack, because um, I I I told you um, that I had reservations about Waterford. But it just shows how it could flip so quickly that now Cork are in the driving seat. Like Waterford were the the heir to the throne. They'd even overtaken Limerick in a, in a lot of estimations. And look, there's nothing to say that on Sunday evening that it won't be Waterford that'll join Limerick and Clare, that it won't yeah, be Tipperary. If, if you go back to the Limerick game and extrapolate the two goals, which I couldn't see Limerick conceding again, Limerick, uh, Waterford did not have, have not closed the gap in Limerick. No, and I think the only team, I think the only team that could catch Limerick is themselves. And like, I mean, that's with a below par performance. That could be with the injuries as well, because obviously, look, there's nothing you can do about injuries. Kilkenny were the last team to beat Limerick in a, in a knockout championship game, and if that game had gone on two minutes longer, Limerick would have won it. They just started with a ferocious intensity. Limerick are ready for that now. I still think they're ahead of the chasing pack. Um, like, is there anything you've seen from... We've seen every team now. Limerick have seen four times. Everyone else three times in Munster and Leinster. Like, if Limerick get it going, it's very hard to see anyone beating them. Even though Clare got a draw, that's without Aaron Galan. Uh, Keen Lynch and Peter Casey for the duration of the game without Crow Egerty for 10 minutes. Star Donovan didn't start either. Like, you know, I know Claire have a few players to come back, but you take out that firepower out of every team when they're not getting near getting out of the province. I I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I would still be slightly worried about Galway. So they have the players that if they, they shoot a lot um, from far out and if they get that right, like to be fair, Joe Cooney and Thomas Monaghan in midfield have, I think, is it one twenty-seven from play or something yeah. like that? Yeah, which is from midfield is is Tom outrageous. Monaghan, Tom Monaghan is completely reinvented, and he, he's you know a huge part of that Galway team. 
Yeah, he was a brilliant player underage, and obviously for Mary, I um, think he won one fits, if not two of them. Um, just again, another lad that needed a bit more time. Um, probably needed the trust of a manager in Henry Shefflin, and he's blossoming. Um, if we had, we know two to go to Munster. Who'll join him? I I don't honestly know what 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 I could see possibly happening is that Waterford might produce their best performance of the of the championship on Sunday, maybe win the game against Clare because Clare have the job already done, and that it might be all in vain because Cork will win in Tullus and uh, it will go to head to head. Yeah, I think. But I'm I'm not one hundred percent sure that Cork will win in Tullus. Well, Tipperary this is, aren't out. This is Cork and Tipperary. This is Tipperary that have have um, uh, lost three games, and by a quirk of the system and the round robin system, they're not out of the championship. Yeah, they could possibly lose three of their four games uh, and still qualify for the All Ireland series. How would they do that? One might ask. What are the mechanics of it? Beat Cork by seven points and Clare beat Waterford, uh, Tipperary go through. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah. Well, they have to they have to overturn the Waterford points deficit as well. They have yeah, Waterford. But the points the, the Waterford points deficit took a bit of hammering last Sunday. But they're only I think they're minus five now. Yeah, but and, um, if, if they were to lose to Clare, you know. Yeah, they would. They would naturally, but there is a scenario where Cork win or Tipperary win by five or six, and if Waterford only lose by a narrow margin, that it'll still be them to go through. But it, yeah, I think Clare play a weakened team, and Waterford will have enough to get over the line because their backs will be to the wall. But I think Cork will get the job done, but I don't think it'll be easy because Tipperary aren't gone yet. But I would be worried about Cork coming through the the back door if they do finish third because I think they're the sort of team they. Kieran Joyce has shown that he can play at six. There's no fear of him in his first year um, yeah. in, in at the senior level. Mark Coleman is a wing back out and out, probably even a wing forward. Do you know, Seamus Harnady rolled back the years. They have a scenario now where Patch Corrigan could be an impact sub, and imagine having him coming off the bench that if they can get over the line into a preliminary quarterfinal, into a quarterfinal, that I would be worried about him getting up a bit. like Because they did it last year, essentially. Built up a bit of steam after being hammered by Limerick. Yeah. I went all the way to the final, and were it not for one of the best performances ever, we could have had a competitive all Ireland final. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I, if Cork get through on Sunday, I wouldn't be discounting him at all, Jack. Yeah. But three weeks. Whether, whether, whether but the question you asked, were they the main challengers to Limerick? Um, I, I, I think the main challengers to Limerick are Galway. For me, it's Kilkenny. I kind of want to see. Kilkenny, to be honest with you. Uh, I just... That 2019 well, you have, game... You have revenge in the head, Jack. Yeah, I have revenge in the head. And Michael Conway's other question as well will tie into this as we're talking about Hurling here. He's wondering, will we see any more of the 20s for in, in the Munster final? And I suppose... We've seen Colin Neal already. Um, I think we would have seen Adam, Adam English and Colin Coughlin already. I think we would have seen them in Ennis if it wasn't for the, the scenario... But is there anyone else? Um, obviously, Paddy Donovan is is a part of the squad. I don't think you'd be rushing Paddy back too much. Might not even see much in this weekend. Anyone else? An outside shot you could see? 
I could possibly I, I and to get to get a to get a starting place. No, I I don't know. I but I'd no. say even just to, no, to come in no, to... I, I I can't I can't see I can't see it. Obviously, Colin Coughlin and Adam English will be back in the forefront after next Sunday. Hmm. But um, that doesn't mean that they will be in the starting fifteen. But they certainly would be putting pressure on those on the starting fifteen. There's a doubt about that. Do you think John Kiley would have a couple in mind for next year and decide to bring him in for the remainder of the year and just train away? Possibly. Well, Jimmy Quilty would be one of those that I would imagine. Um, Ethan Hurley, Aidan yeah. O'Connor, Fergal O'Connor, <laughs> Con- Con- Connor Handy, Clark now, and you might say goalkeeper, but and uh, what about Shane O'Brien? Yeah, Shane O'Brien is only 17, so I mean, he's probably just a tad young, but I mean, yeah, look, you could name any of them. I think mm. I think there could be a couple that would be brought in for training. Um, we've seen Limerick's injury list has started to pile up, obviously. Um, now, John Kiley w- w- was, was Kai, but it did seem positive that we would see Aaron Galan definitely for the Munster final, but that there could be a chance for Peter Casey and Keane Lynch, even if he just had some minutes into their belt, because there will be a game after the Munster final. But even until the meantime, to have those 20s in there, get them used to the system, I don't think it'd be the worst idea to bring in a few well, of the older Not lads. at all, not at all, Jack. It's it's terribly important. It's the next progression. It's the ne- next stepping stone in their development. All right, um, Adam English has another year under 20. Colin Coughlin hasn't, or has he? Colin Coughlin is the one age with Kyle O'Neill, so no, he wouldn't. No, no, he hasn't. I don't so, think this is the same goal as Eaton Hurley. They got to the, the All Ireland semi final against Galway and then were playing 20s a few weeks later. That's so, right. And Patrick O'Donovan is the same. Yeah. So um, yeah. you also have Liam Lynch and David Hegarty's coming to that. But we'll, we'll get to the 20s at the end because I do want to round out um, this week's podcast with the under 20s. But just on, on Clare and Limerick, it definitely whets the appetite for that Munster final. Again, I don't think to be anyone in any way kind of annoyed to see them teams face off in a Munster final. And it's it's a long time since they met in a Munster final for a competition that has only had five teams for the majority of that time. It's now 27 years since since 95. And Clare mm-hmm. haven't won it since 98 as well. They will be gunning for it. Limerick will be gunning for their own bit of history four in a row. Like there's so many narratives in this game. Obviously, Grod Hegarty will be back. You know, you could just see the harder of the year. Aaron Galan will be back. Who will pick him up? I mean, like take your pick. Which is the most fascinating? Ah, sure. Look, it 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 is fascinating to think about it. Who will pick up Tony Kelly on our side? You know, um, that that sort of thing. Like, but um, you know, like it has the ingredients of being a fantastic game and. Um, Claire, you're right. They're, they're the longest team now in, in, in Munster of the five hurling counties without a Munster title. They haven't, they haven't won it for 24 years, which is a long, long time. You know, so um, Limerick going for four in a row. Um, Claire trying to bridge a, a quarter, almost a quarter of a century of fruitless endeavour in the competition. And um, it all adds up, plus the, the, um, the, the, you know, the dress rehearsal that we saw in Innes last Sunday is certainly going to whet the appetite. And um, it, it's going to be a sellout crowd in Tullus for it, and no question about it. 
And um, we'll be talking about it nearer to nearer. And don't ask me to predict who's going to win, Jack, because I, I'll tell you, I won't, I won't answer it until the week of the game. But no, I um, no, I it, it's a game to really look forward to. And we'd, we we expect to see Gerard Hegarty and we expect to see um, Aaron Galan on board. And um, possibly you'd never know about Keane Lynch. Yeah. The master may be, up, may be back, you know. Also, Colin Neal was a huge loss as well. I, I knew yeah. there was someone else I was missing. Already, yeah. he's he's shown his impact. But before we move on from that game, it's probably a much maligned position of cornerback, Matt. But the standards on Sunday, um, obviously, Sean O'Donoghue first, um, for anyone watching on television, continuing his year. But then mm-hmm. in Ennis, like, at either end, Sean Finn and Rory Hayes as well from Clare, like, I think the all-star, the two all-stars will go out in three of them. Sean Finn has been pushed hard for the first time in a few years. Obviously, he was so far ahead of Jason back. But then at the other side, Barry Nash as well. Like, I mean, sorry, I mean, the four lads there. Like, the standard is ridiculous. It is, absolutely. Um, it's it's a position that have evolved into greater importance in, 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 in the game nowadays because, um, you know, um, you'll, you'll be... You'll be you know, I, I remember in the game, I'm around long enough to remember when cornerbacks, let's say, were cornerbacks. They were brawny men who gave away nothing. Some people might call them ruthers, like, but um, they they were invariably tough men, you know, that um, maybe hadn't the same hurling skills as those out the field. But um, it, it's a position that has evolved now, and there's an awful lot starting back at the cornerback, and we can see the role... Uh, when, when, when that particularly Barry Nash, when he moves forward, Sean Finn is more the type of cornerback that minds the house. The rooter. No, no, he's not. He's not the rooter. <laughs> um, uh, you know. Um, well, if you Sean Finn is your rooter, then you're flying. You know. <laughs> no, no, he's not a rooter. He's far from it. Um, because you don't remember these guys, Jack. Um, uh. And I, I, I won't mention their names, but by God, if you had the name of being an inter-county cornerback, you were a man not to be tangled with, you know? Um, I still wouldn't fancy tangling with any of these lads, you know? No, They, they can no, go the other no, way as well as what you're saying, you know? No, but, um, you know, what what you have now, Jack, is holding cornerbacks. Yeah, Brian Fanning's hurling. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, that can hurt you. you really, and, and the, 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 we have seen the evolution of the position. It has evolved now into being a much... It was always an important position, but, uh, you know, the role of the cornerback has changed a cert- to a certain degree. Yeah. And you, you you need hurling cornerbacks. Those that are around as long as I am, or nearly as long as I am, we, we, we would agree with that, that, uh, you, you know, the, the, the cornerbacks in the past were, were, they were tough men. Yeah, I think it's just... Um... It's a very specialised position. I think there's a lot of room for manoeuvring in the middle eight. I think a lot of players can go between. We've seen, obviously, Kyle move up and, and back and grow Hegarty when he's 21s at Ireland and halfback. I think it's more specialised, but Barry Nashton was always an exception to the rule. But uh, I think it's just, it just needs to be noticed, just the, the standard of, of cornerback play. And it's, it's a joy to watch, really. And I suppose, I, con- conversely... The, the lads trying trying to get the better of them at the other end is, is equally yeah, but entertaining. Both, both, both cornerbacks are playing very well. Yeah. Nile O'Leary's having a good year as well. Paul Flanagan is going well for, for, uh, for, for Clare as well. going well for Clare as well, you know. We know how strong the Kikini full-back line is as well. Like, um, yeah, obviously. and then like, uh, 
Conor Delaney seemed to seamlessly fit in and place a few Lawler last week. Yeah, and you have Mikey Butler and you have Tommy Walsh, the new Tommy Walsh. And then yeah. you have the King and Galway at fullback, the high works. So don't forget that. And now I know that's going into the, the fullback debate. We might have that someday. Uh, between yeah, but they, 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 have, they have a very good cornerback coming through to this Dan Morrissey guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's just. No longer are you putting in the last of the 15 cornerback. He's definitely in the first five or six names you want because, first of all, if they can't, if you can't stop the best player the other way, you're goose, but you also need to be able to start attacks. So, yeah, look, we have um, a double monster final to look forward to over the coming weeks. As you said, Saturday, the 28th of May in Killarney at 3 o'clock. Um, and then you have the following Sunday, you have the senior hurling final between Clare and Limerick in Turles at four o'clock. Also on that weekend, Matt, is the the Celtic Cup challenge um involving Limerick. And again, you are you're the expert in this, so I'll leave it to you there. Yeah, well, Limerick are in are at the second level, which is Corn John Scott. There's there's only one level above it, and I'll just give you an interesting statistic about it there in a minute. Um, it was tweaked this year, and um, I, I don't know why, but Limerick, Limerick have done very well. Didn't do that well in the group stage because the group stage was just a seeding process. Um, they lost to um, Clare, lost to North Cork, and drew with Galway. And the point I want to make about G- Galway are now in the Division 1 final against Tipperary. And... Um, Limerick then then qualified the everybody qualifies for the knockout stage. In the knockout stage, um Limerick were, were drawn away to Kilkenny. Kilkenny Blacks. And they went there um two weeks ago and had a very, very comfortable win there, scored five goals. It isn't too often you went to Kilkenny's backyard in any team and scored five goals. Yeah. But they did it and um came away five eighteen to um sixteen or two sixteen victors. And um, uh, they got the look of a home draw against um, Dublin Plunkets in the, the, the semi-final last weekend. Now, I must say, um, the Celtic Challenge under 17 is for players that have just failed to make the county minor team. So it, it, it is your really minor development squad, if you, if, if, if you like. So they got a home draw against them. Um, Dublin Plunkets last week and to, to play it in Clahan on Sunday and Limerick won at 123 to, to, to um, 112. It was a decisive enough victory, nip and tuck. It was leveled up to um, 10 minutes into the second half. Limerick got a goal through Johnny Field and and uh, sort of drove on from there, even though Dublin got a goal. But Limerick finished very, very strongly as any team that wins by 11 points do, does. And lo and behold, um, in the other semi-final, it was Cork City against North Cork. And Cork City came through 213 to 12 points in Formoy on Monday evening to set up a final between Limerick's, between Limerick's Sarsfields and Cork City. Hmm. And for once in a wonder, Jack, Limerick got a home draw. I won't be talking about home draws. The next topic coming up. Yeah. But, we um, won't tell the Camogie people. Yeah. But, what? But, but Limerick got a home draw. And the time of that on the Saturday of the Munster final weekend? It's on Saturday the 4th at a venue and time to be, conser- to be confirmed. 
I understand that um, uh, Gaelic Grounds is in the mix. Right. Devil Park is in the mix. It's an All-Ireland final. Uh, the Gaelic Grounds, McNeville Park, possibly Clahan again. Because they have a winning record in Clahan. Um, winning record in Clahan, so if why they not? Can't get, if they can't get the Gaelic Grounds, because they deserve it if it's not Ireland final, so... Yeah. We've, <laughs> we've too much coming up over the next few but weeks. You know, they're, 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 they've been doing great work there, and um, Peter Nash is among the backroom team there, as well as his commitments to Limerick football, and Chris Sexton, Jerry Murphy, David O'Dea, like they, you know, they've great committed hurling men behind him. And, you know, they, they've developed as a team by, by keeping them together, you know. And the rules of this, the, the rules of it is that you name six subs, I think, on the day, and you have to use all six during the course of the game. That's good. That's brilliant. Which um, means that the maximum amount of players get exposure, which is a very, very, it's a very, very good idea, I think, you know. Yeah, and, because... Um, Getting to the twin, like we'll we talk about twenties more again out on top of Kwangi first. But Evan O'Leary is an example from a hand that didn't play with the academy. Like he was maybe a lad that probably featured in the, the Celtic Cup challenge and got invaluable experience. And we, we see how good he is now. Like, so I mean, it's a brilliant initiative. And um, the more player, more lads you can get playing for as long as you can get them playing, look, no one's, no one's going to, to try yeah, to no, that. The, the final will be these lads' sixth game in the competition, Jack. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you know, obviously with the green mist, uh, it's brilliant for Limerick to have many players, but for Cork, like it must be hard to be noticed. With is there 250 clubs or something in Cork? You know, well, there's there a huge is, there is, there is, there population is. that for lads like that in a, in a huge county that you yeah. know they might get their there could be the next Seamus Harnity who came, came from nowhere, but I suppose ch- challenges yeah. like this, um. We'll promote that. We'll look ahead to that more. Like, um, um, Jim, actually, Jimmy, Jimmy Quilty, as you know, um, the, the Limerick under twenty one or under twenty captain was making the point um, during the week um, in 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 the um, in in the press morning that that um, you know that the, the good spread of clubs, yeah, that, that is in the um, under twenty side and Andy on the twenty panel and. He, he, he's attributing it to, I think he attributed it in no small way to the manner in which the academy cast the net. Yeah. Which I think it's, is a very, very valid point. I think three All-Irelands in four years, you are maxed out your resources in Limerick, so a long may it last. Um, there's no stone being, being uh, overlooked. Uh, this weekend as well, we also have the start of the Camogie Championships, as I mentioned to you, Matt. We have the, the junior team are in action on Saturday. They have home advantage in Brough at 2 o'clock against Armagh. And the seniors are out then just over 24 hours later. They're on against Galway in Pierce Stadium. That's a double header with the, the Galway-Dublin game. So, look, you'll be looking for, for a big crowd. Starting with the juniors, it's it's a completely new-look team this year, just the way things have, have transpired. So, it'll be hard. it's hard to get a gauge on where they are, but... The junior team in recent years has definitely provided an awful players that have gone on to make that step up to the senior. And you'd be hopeful that Saturday can be kind of the, the first step for those players. You would. Um, yeah, like, we've, we've spoken about the structure of this and, and um, um, the, the, the scheduling of the games um, today, Jack. And um, I'm not going to go into it now, other mm. than to say that... Um, um, 
Limerick play the All-Ireland champions in Pierce Stadium on, on Saturday at 3.30. It's a curtain raiser to the Galway-Dublin Leinster Senior Hurling Championship game. Now, that, that's a good idea, actually, you know, double, doubling up the games. But Limerick are going to be under huge pressure going down there. Let's call a spade a spade. And, um, um, you know, and they, they followed up with an away trip to Kilkenny. So, like, it, it, it isn't the ideal start to a championship that John Lillis or, or his, his girls would want. And I suppose it's compounded by, um, by the fact that there are a number of very important players that were part of the squad last year for a variety of reasons are, are not available this year. Um, and uh, I'm talking about the likes of Judith Mulcahy, um, Cameron O'Leary, Debbie Murphy and... Anya Cunningham, who is in Australia. And, um, like, you know yourself, Jack, from seeing him last year, the important roles that those that particular quartet played in the in the side. So John Linus's first duty when he was t- t- took up the reins was to find replacements for those, which wasn't which wasn't very easy. Now he spread the, he spread the net far and wide, in fact, in that I he, he used over 30 players in the four games in the league. And um, uh, I, I think it's actually 34. I, I might be subject to correction on that. Now, he was forced into a situation that he had to hand debuts to a lot of people down in Cork in the second round because of an outbreak of sickness in the Limerick camp, which robbed him of key players, including Cuiva Costello and, 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 and so on. And, um, you know... An awful lot is going to rest on the shoulders of the end. Of course, another player that's missing this year is 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 goalkeeper um, Laura O'Neill, who has been out injured and has been a regular goalkeeper for the last number of years. And, yeah. and fair dues, fair dues to Claire Keating, um, who, who was a former goalkeeper and had retired and came out of, of, of retirement and is doing a very, very good job between the sticks. Um, the you know, as she did with Kappa Moore last year when they were winning the Intermediate Championship. But, um, like, uh, as you said there about the juniors, a couple of the juniors have has, have made the step up. Um, the like of Orlet Kelleher, um, a very, very good young player. Um, Michelle Curtin, and um, I, I'll refer again to, um, um, I, you know, I, I have great admiration for that girl because of the way she was treated last year. Yeah. Um, with a three-match ban, a needless three-match ban, which which became four, which became four, um, uh, and um, uh, through no fault of her own, and through no fault of Limerick Camogie, through an administrative hiccup, and um, be Larkin, a very good, exciting young player, the, the, the likes of those coming through, Emma Kennedy at cornerback, another one um, from Dune. But you, you see, they're coming up against on Sunday, on Saturday, rather, Jack. I I, I would argue, um, I would I, I argued it with a, a Cork Camogie um, expert recently, and um, uh, he he wasn't at all impressed with my with my summation that um, this is the best uh, the the best Camogie team I've seen. I think while I'm following the game, the current iteration. They're, they're absolutely a superb team. No question about it. Like, they're league champions. They're all-island champions. 
So, you know, if you want to benchmark the new Limerick, you know, I suppose benchmark them against the best. But just referring back to the league, um, um, now when we saw it there last weekend, um, going to Cork and almost, it came also close to beating Cork in the Munster final. It took, um, they were level at the end of normal time, in the end of extra time, and it took further extra time before Cork won by three points. And in normal time and in extra time, the first periods of extra time, it was Cork that got the equaliser. Clare were that, that close to winning a Munster championship. Why am I saying that? Because I, I'm saying it because Limerick gave a very, very encouraging performance, Jack, in the third round of the league, in the final round of the league against, against Clare. It should have beaten them. And should have beaten them and near, nearly got over the line. And um, that would have avoided um, relegation. Now, they put up a very, very creditable performance against Offaly. And um, in, in, in the playoff, which needless to say, it wasn't in Limerick, Jack. And, um, you know, um, I, I, you know, the, the signs are good, you know. But having said that, you know, a game against the All-Ireland champions in their own backyard is not the ideal scenario for building on two promising performances. No, but look, we, we'll give them the best look and the best support. Um, look, as you said, strange things have happened. But again, you're looking for performance because you have Offaly, you have Down, you have these teams to come. Obviously, Kilkenny are are next up, and that's obviously a difficult. Yeah, but, but but we we've two we've home games against them. Uh, after the Kilkenny game, we've home games games against Offaly and Down, neither of which will be a gimme. And then you have a difficult trip to Antrim in the final round. It's an Antrim team that were narrowly beaten by Wexford in Division 2 of the league final. So they will be more than useful. And we we, we, we saw Wexford last year in the championship, um, in, in the senior championship. They reached the quarterfinal and were only beaten by Kilkenny. Yeah, look, it, it's, it's not going to be easy. But if you can just... I suppose get a positive start against Galway and Kilkenny. If you pick up the wins, all the better. But three wins out of your you know, your last three games would generally be good enough, depending on results elsewhere. But if you can start strong, it doesn't necessarily have to results-wise, performance-wise. Um, they showed against Clare that they're not that far away when they when they get it right, as you pointed out there. So we're looking for a Clare performance. Um, uh, well, you, you you touched on something there, like um, get win the last three games. Winning the last three games, you would be desperate and lucky not to make the quarterfinals because there are quarterfinals. There yeah, are three going out of the group. To win the three games and miss out, that means um, one of Galway Kenny were beaten along the way by someone else. By by yeah. by 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 the, the obviously the, some of them will beat one another, but um, they, they yeah. will have to be beaten by one of the other three, you know. Yeah. So hopefully, please God, Limerick can top the group uh, to start so, off with. I think John Lewis will be looking for performance, and he'd be pragmatic enough to look for performance um, next um, on Saturday, and and see where it goes from there. Yeah, and the same for for the juniors because it, it's a very new look side. Um, looking for performance against Armagh and see can you build on from that. Both those games are obviously on Saturday. 
That's right. The, the game in Brooklyn Center, there's a two o'clock and Limerick having the single player that played in the league that was involved in, 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 in the championship last year. And the game with Armagh is a, is a repeat of last year's All-Ireland Junior semi-final, which, which Limerick lost narrowly yeah. to Armagh. And, and um, um, but there, there isn't a single player, I'd imagine, that was in that game against Armagh last year in the All-Ireland semi-final that will feature on Sunday, on Saturday. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, it will be a completely new-look Limerick team. Completely. I saw... I, I, I saw the team sheets during the, during the league that they played Wexford in the first round and um, very, very difficult assignment. Wexford won the junior league or division three of the league. Why they were in it in the first place, I, I don't know, but we have argued about that in this medium um, before. And um, they, they, they put up, um, they got a walkover from down, which wasn't ideal. Um, you'd be better off to be getting a game anyway. And then they put up a, a decent, creditable performance against Clare and Father McNamara Park in the in, in the final round. But you know, you know, like the seniors, they they ended the league campaign pointless. Yeah. Look, we're only we're only looking for performances. That's all we can do to, to steer the ship in the right direction. Because they were disappointing leagues. There's no two ways about that. But hopefully we can I suppose start to steer the ship in the right direction with two positive there performances. Leagues, there, there are leagues that we banish out of our minds, Jack. Yeah. And the following day, then, we have an All-Ireland final to look forward to. And I wanted to finish with the 20s to give them the, the chance to talk about them because they're giving us a lot of good days so far. Like, I think it kind of goes under the radar in Munster. Bar Kerry, who aren't operating in that level, they beat everyone, you know. Um, you thought we were a traditional big tree of Kilkenny, um, Cork and Tipperary. They can complete the set in All-Ireland final and add Clare and Waterford already on that list but that's the occasion for for Darren Mullins and his side half one in Turles it's uh the curtain raiser in name and I think it's the main event although Tipperary and Cork are both still in with the the most championship that should give a good vibe around Turles anyway um please god but it's a very exciting tie um Kilkenny came through a very hard Leinster I think that has to be has to be said because we all know good Galway are at underage level, and they had beaten Kilkenny in a numerous years in a row. They got over the line, um, and then they beat Wexford in the in the final. There's an awful lot of similarities between this team and the last Limerick team to an All Ireland final, and the teams that have won All Ireland finals in recent years, the 15 and 17 teams, they didn't turn out too bad, did they? No, no, they they did not. And um, you, you you're saying there about. Um, um, Kilkenny winning a very, very good Leinster final or a Leinster championship that they did. They beat Offaly in the first round in Nolan Park. It was a kind of a routine victory. Um, then they beat Galway in Tullamore after extra time, 128 to 127. And it was a huge landmark victory for, for Galway because, or for Kilkenny, because um, Galway had been the bane of their lives at the at, uh, at minor level for a number of years. And then they beat Wexford in Dr. Cullen Park by a single point. A Wexford yeah. team who had beaten Leash by a point. You know, so um, it was very, very competitive. But when you talk about the competitiveness of, uh, of um, uh, Leinster, Munster Jack was equally competitive. 
Oh yeah, I know, yeah. And like you, 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 your heart, um, and it, it was the perfect. It, it was it was a perfect monster championship to win, as as you rightly pointed out there, and that you beat Claire, you beat Cork, you beat Waterford, you beat Tipperary in that order, you know. Um, now, you know, spare a thought for Claire, Jack. Um, we've got to be honest. You know, we robbed them. Yeah, and if we played Claire in the second round. And there were no Carl O'Neill there. Yeah. To say it and um, you know, Claire then went on to play Cork and Cork robbed them. You know? Yeah. I've so <laughs> you, you, you just wonder what would they have done had they had they picked up a win. But look, that's water under the bridge now. Um Limerick and Munster champions. And um but the one thing that that um you, you know that strikes me about this Limerick team, you know, they lost their top player. It's the way that both the management and the players have adapted to the loss of Cahal O'Neill. Because yeah. let's face it, Jack, he was the talisman of the team. He was the go-to man. You're a goal down against Clare two minutes into injury time. He walks up to a free, he buries it, he catches the puck out, he puts it over the bar, and, and Clare are gone. He's the best you know, under 20 player in the country. I think that's that, that's that, that's that's standard. the type of player that you, you're you're talking about, a player who has very very successfully made the transition to senior hurling. In in without doubt the best senior hurling team in the country. But how Dermot Mullins and his management team, and the players have responded to that loss, has been simply absolutely phenomenal in my view, and that that was a great performance. Down in 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 Parky Rin, yeah. You know, and the narrative was going around after Limerick um, beaten Cork down there and Cork going for three in a row. Ah, look, sure, um, uh, there was nothing at stake. Both were through anyway. They were through anyway. But when it came to when it came to the business end of the competition, Cork failed to Tipperary, and um, Limerick beat Waterford. And of course, the rest is history. Limerick beat beat Tipperary in the in, in, in the Munster final. Yeah. So uh, the way Limerick have adapted, you know, um, to Cahal O'Neill, because let's face it, you know, he's a player at that level for the ages. Yeah, and look, we, we've spoke ad nauseum about how much of a pity it is that we didn't see more of him in twenties. Dave Clifford was the same. Shawnee Shea was the same. For Kerry, we won't talk about that anymore. You add in. I mentioned them already, Liam Lynch and Dermot Hegarty's that list that we haven't seen yet. Paddy Donovan, we've seen for 20 minutes, you know. Paddy Donovan, you know, who's, you know. Um, Next man up, Shane O'Brien has got five points in back-to-back games. Adam English mm-hmm. has got five points and one two. Aidan O'Connor on the freeze, no bothers to him. Like, the scores are, are still coming, even without Colin Neal, they're probably coming from more various places. Eddie Stokes has been uh, kind of an unsung hero on this team. Mm-hmm. They've just been they've been a joy to watch a breath of fresh air. Um for Darren Mullins, it's three monster titles in four years. It's the first All Ireland final. And I and I when I say similarities 2017, I'll get on to that in a while. But this team, this age at minor, were beaten in 19 by Kilkenny. There's I think is a 10 of both teams yes. expected to start this weekend again. You know, like you can carry that with you. The Limerick 
2014 minor team were hot favourites to win the All-Ireland, the team that was captain by Keane Lynch. Kilkenny did a job on them on that day. Three years later, they got the job done again. Limerick, Limerick got the job done this time with the likes of Keane Lynch, Angeland, Sean Finn, Kyle Hayes, you name it. And a year later, they're All-Ireland senior champions with all those boys on board. I know it's not going to work like that because Limerick are a powerhouse now, but you'd you'd love a turnover like that again, wouldn't you? Starting with a win against Kilkenny, you would, and uh, it's 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 po- it's quite possible. And um, you'd say to yourself, right, both sides have ten of those that featured in the in that All Ireland semi final three years ago, and that you know that the balance is still weighed in favour of Kilkenny, but. You know, it's 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 not so much about the ten that are playing, Jack. It's about the five that are coming in. Yeah, and and, and 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 the difference that that they're likely to make. And he here comes um here comes Shane O'Brien. This is where fellas like Shane O'Brien come into it. The thing with um and what they're bringing to the table. Shane O'Brien, Evan O'Leary, and Keen Scully yeah. all beat a Kilkenny team in an All Ireland final. Yes, just recently. Two months ago, like you know, there's four that um St. Kieran's team then on the other side that'll be looking for revenge. And one of them that definitely needs to go for me was Joe Fitzpatrick, the centre back for St. Kieran's. A, a huge very like Kyle Hayes when he was 21, yeah. just a huge man there. But for Limerick, there's a couple of those lads, even though they're very young, with that experience of beating Kilkenny in an All-Ireland final, because for the rest of the team, none of them have All-Ireland medals in their back pocket or Colin Coughlin aside, he's a senior one. I'm sure he'd love yeah. to add a twenties to that. But um like to get over the line in the All Ireland final, it's reserved for the best teams every year. You know, like there's an awful lot of brilliant, brilliant players we've seen that haven't got over the line in All Ireland finals and have given their all. So it would be a huge, huge like incentive for a very talented crop to keep going because mm-hmm. as we know, these teams are are built to supply the future and, and it's it started with Dear Mullins' reign three years ago with the Miners, and hopefully it can bring down a curtain of what has been a very decorative underage career for the likes of, as you said, Jimmy Quilty, um, who else is of the age? I think Fergal Connor is of the age. These boys, Patrick Kirby's, Colin Neal, obviously, Colin Coughlin. But they've given so much to Limerick Hurling, and we'll see him with the senior jersey soon. But yeah. it'd be a lovely way to bring down that, 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 um, that group from the academy that have proven so much. You know that there, there, there are uh, there are parallels, um, Jack, between um, uh, the way this team has evolved, as you said, under under um, under Dermot Mullins, and the way the Limerick senior footballers have evolved under under under, under Billy Dee. Um, it, it's yeah. measurable progress, step step by step, and 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 we have seen it back to back monster under twenty tight uh, minor titles. Um, in all honesty, I don't think. A lot of people in Limerick were expecting it to happen. It happened. Um, like uh, reaching the Munster under-20 final last year. And um, that, that you know, that shot at the end that went so close to going into the cartonet, which would have which would have scooped the title for Limerick, you know. We're yeah. that close. We were literally inches away from winning that last year. And then to come back this year and 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 to do it and to do it in the manner in which they in which they did, because there was no soft route in this one. There was no soft games. There was no gimmies. You had to play the big four in Munster. And you had to come out on top, and and that they did. And um, to do it with three of the games against 
probably, you know, the big two in particular, Cork and, and, and Tipperary, and to do it without a player of the calibre of Carl O'Neill, I think there's great credit due to him. And I, I honestly believe, and I, um, Dermot Mullins has spoken about um, uh, the, the, the measurable improvement that has been shown in the team from game to game. I believe that there is another notch in them, and if they can get that notch out on Sunday, I think they will be All-Ireland champions. Yeah, and I think they're a team as well that thrive under pressure. Um, players for, for the big stage that we've seen with their clubs. and They've got it done in back-to-back Munster finals. They lost both the All-Ireland semi-finals to obviously Kenny and then that all-conquering Galway team. So it would be lovely for them. As Dermot said, they didn't have to get over the semi-final this time. They were in straight into the final. Just mm-hmm. to get over the line, I'm, I'm with you. I'm calling a Limerick win. Now, I did see Kilkenny, um, and that's why I was quick to stress the how good that Leinster Championship was. But as you said, the Munster Championship was equally good. Mm-hmm. As you said, if Limerick can hit their stride, and if the players, if the Limerick players can perform to the level we know they can perform to, they'll be All-Ireland champions at half three. You know, and Pat- Patrick O'Donovan um, being available is a big asset, Jack. Uh, whether, whether whether he'll start or whether he'll come on as a sub, but you know it, it gives you it gives you an idea of um, it, it gives you an idea of the strength of the squad. Yeah, and I won't even name the players that are missing again. Like it's just it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that, you 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 have you have Mike Keane. Yeah, I think Michael Criminal was injured. At, I don't know if yeah. he's injured. Um, the likes of. Vince Harrington and JJ Carey, they were part of that Arts Reach team, haven't been seen at all. Yeah. Like, um, we've only seen snippets of Brian O'Grady and Barry Duff that helped Munger to a permanent media title and so instrumental in that. So, I mean, look, it all bodes well for, for Limerick in the future, and we will see a lot of them in the senior jersey. But for now, all that will matter to them, and rightly so, is, is this 20s final. But we're both tipping a Limerick win. Yeah, I'm, I am, I'm in agreement with you. I, uh, I, I, I think... Um... I, I think the team is, is is going very very much in the right direction. I was seriously worried um, when they were going out again without and um, at the risk of being repetitive without Cahal O'Neill, but the manner in which they adapted to life after Cahal O'Neill and without Cahal O'Neill um, is is has been very very impressive, Jack. Yeah, and I I think it's been impressive as well the way they've handled themselves in interviews. They've they've spoken about how big of a loss it was. But the other players have stepped up, and they've not just said it, but they've they've shown on the field as well. And like under twenties, like they're a lot younger than the the twenty ones team that won in seventeen had like say Keen Lynch and Sean Finn and Aaron Galland. They were twenty one years of age. They all had senior experience. Barry Colin Coughlin, none of the players have senior experience from either side, as far as I know. Like so, I mean, it is. It's a different level to be 20 than it is 21, as you know yourself from, from growing up. Like, it's just, it's a big year. So, it's, these it's lads an... are just carrying themselves exceptionally, again, if they can continue that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I suppose it's no surprise that having um, a secondary school principal as your manager seems to does, do the trick in Limerick. Well, it does. It's, it, 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 it's a formula that has, that has, that, that has worked. There, 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 there isn't any doubt about that. But... You, 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 you must remember with this this um, changing that, that has been going on with age grades, um, it's not very long ago when um, colleges hurling was sort of an addition to get on the county minor hurling team. Now it's an addition to get on the county under-20 team. 
because yeah. it's under 19. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm just beginning to wonder, when is this nonsense of changing all these things going to stop? Yeah, I liked I liked 18 and 21. Um, I thought they were kind of solid ages. Yeah, I'm, I'm a traditionalist, and I thought it served the GA very, very well. I also think the club player is a more risk of being burned out because now you have 17, 19s and 21s. Yeah. As well as your adult team. So, but sure, that's that's a debate for another day. If Limerick are yeah. crowned under 20 champions on Sunday. Debate, Jack. Did you say debate? <laughs> no, I don't want to get, I don't want to start a debate now. I, I, want... I, I, I wish to God we had more debate and that the dubs were involved in it. <laughs> yeah, and, the people, and, the pe- and the people on the at grassroots level you know, that they eulogise and eulogise in the chapter of the association, but that's as far as it goes. I, th- I, I think what we need in the GA is more debate, Jack, and a lot more of it. And those, um, all the stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah, look, you've made your point about the clubs and it's a very fair one, and I, I think anyone that disagrees with that doesn't have you the best You know how to me, Jack, today. It took you... It, it took you 80... But... Uh, 75 Seven. minutes, but you pulled it off, you know. Yeah, we're an extra time here in, in the podcast this week, but we got it. Um, I thought an Ireland final and two months of finals to look forward to that you'll be happy, but sure, we'll we, we leave it at that. We won't have any more debate. I suppose a couple of photographs before we go. I suppose well done to Leo O'Connor, who helped uh, the Offaly minor team to a first title in 22 years. Um, you could see in the, the interview the emotion of Leo and he was part of that 2011 he was manager 2011 21 side and um, keeping mm-hmm. in the team of today's um, podcast that the likes of Declan Hannan and Graham Mulcahy and Kevin Downs came from and served Limerick so well and are still doing so and nice to see Leash in the final as well you know it was nice it shows the work if it's done right um, you'll you'll reap the rewards but well done to Leo oh well, well done I, I want to concur with you about about, about Leo has been a great servant to Dimly Collier Hurling and to Clahan, but as but as a player first, an All Ireland minor winner in in eighty four, an All Ireland under twenty one winner in eighty seven. I think Leo might have two monster under twenty one medals. I think possibly eighty six and eighty seven. He definitely has won in eighty seven, and was very very prominent in the All Ireland final in in um, in nineteen eighty seven. And as you rightly said, he was manager of the Limerick team that won the the monster. Oh, sure. Under 21 championship in 2011, after that titanic struggle with Cork, I think it was after extra time, actually, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And um, he, he has now gone on to Offaly and he has painstakingly over the last two or three years built this, this Offaly minor team to, to win and now has brought him a Leinster title the first time, the first since the year 2000. And like, um, I'm absolutely delighted for Leo and um, wish Leo. Um, the very, very best to look in the concluding stages of, of the championship because Tipperary are in there, Leash are in there, but uh, they, they'll hardly meet Leash again. But um, Clare are in there and, and Galway are in there. And um, he probably will have to wait a while while the, the, the charade of this um, round robin goes on and um, before he knows who they will be facing in the semi final. Yeah, I suppose with uh, unfortunately Limerick are. Are out of the reckoning in the minor, so for now, uh, we'll we'll, we'll place our bets on Leo and the and the after team coming through, as you said, Dave, to wait we'll, or we'll hang our we'll hang our hat on Leo in the minor yeah. championship, Jack. 
I don't think uh, I think Leo was part of that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. He was part of that '94 team that that suffered so badly at the hands of Offaly, but he's the man. Um, nearly 30 years later, I suppose leading the charge again, and also uh, there was a hope last year, Matt, that we do a podcast in Akuga when Limerick were, were running that very successful win Akuga um, initiative. I suppose that didn't transpire. I don't know who won it. They're, they're, they're keeping a closer chest to win it, but be, Limerick be, are back. Believe, believe it or not, I think it went to either Leash or Offaly last year. <laughs> Was it up to Leo Connor? I don't know, but it, I, it, it went to the Midlands anyway. I think it's Leash. Mm. Well, I'm hoping this year, I don't think I was on the road last year when the Kuga was, I don't know, I don't know when the draw was made, but I'm on the road now, so uh, Limerick, in association with Adam Glim's Adams of Glynn are giving away a brand new Peugeot E 2008. Um, it's very simple to, to get involved in all this. Um, goes back into Limerick GA. So essentially, you're, you're helping out the teams. Um, win at Peugeot.ie to, to sign in and, and get your tickets. Uh, it looks like a, a Jeep kind of a Peugeot to me, Matt. So there is scope for doing a podcast if we win it this year around. But we'll have a nice promotional video for you next week. But if anyone is looking for a new car, there's a chance with Limerick GA to, to do just that with the Win a Peugeot initiative. As I said, uh, win a Peugeot.ie will take you there. It's very easy. It just takes you to a website, um, buy your ticket. And for just €20, Euro, you could have a brand new car. So I'm sure you'll be entering the draw, Matt. It certainly will, Jack. I certainly yeah. will be entering it. And um, like for €20, Euros, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, look, it's it's just not the €20. Euros of, maybe it's not the Peugeot, right? You want to be in with a chance. Um, but, um where the proceeds of and how the proceeds of this draw are being used, which is so laudable, and like it, it's going, it's going back into our county, and it, it 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 is contributing, Jack. And I would appeal to people to support the draw. It's contributing to days like next Sunday, next Saturday week, and the following Sunday week. Yeah. It's 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 all going towards bringing about those type of days, so I would appeal to everybody possible that um, to join to join the draw. You look, it's a cliche. If you're not in, you can win. Yeah, you have until the twenty sixth of August to get in, but you get in before that, and the draw will be made then on the second. Second of, of September, Friday the second. So it could be a good start to, to your autumn months, but. Uh, you can get in a colour of your choice, Matt, if you do come out. What colour are you going for? I'm right, I don't know, Jack. I'd go for green. Would you go for green? Yes. <laughs> I, I was thinking as much. Hopefully, there'll be plenty of green flags um, being waved around Turles this Sunday, starting with the with the Limerick under-20s as they face Kilkenny and All-Ireland uh, final at half one. Look, if you can't make it out, if you can't get tickets, uh, it'll be on TJ Gara, but I'm sure I was at the one I was at both of them in 15 and 17. I was a bit young for them, 2000, 2002 teams. So, well, Jeff, you, 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 you deserve to savor victory on All Ireland under 2021 final day. Yeah, I actually have a question here before we end, before we end up. I was just doing um, the big quiz during the week of who was won 21 medals for Limerick. By my, rec- by my reckoning, there was four players that started the three in a row. 
So they started each of the finals from 2000, 2002. I'll give you the positions just to make that a bit easier if you if you were stuck. But do you know the four? Damien Rail. Damien Rail is one of them, yeah. Cornerback. Eugene Mulcahy. Yeah, beside him. Um. And then one at either end of the field. The very opposites. Timmy Holohan. No. Yeah. Timmy. Oh, yeah. He was captain in the second year. Uh. <laughs> you will give out yourself now if you miss this one. I'll give out to myself anyway, Jack. I'm very good at it. The score, the score on the team. Mark Keane. Mark Keane. Spot on. Um, there was... I'm just calling Mark, Mark actually was involved with the, the Limerick Miners this year as a selector. I didn't know that. No, well, I probably did, but it didn't. It didn't cross my mind. I'm just counting here. There was one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. There was nine players that won two medals, and there was five lads then from fifteen and seventeen that won two medals. So hopefully we can get over the line on Sunday, and then the likes of Adam English and Ethan Hurley and them can look at retaining their title the following year. But oh yeah, and we'll have we have the like of Vince Harrington and Liam Dennehy and those coming up as well. You know, they were a part part of that squad. You know. Yeah, so um, first off, best wishes to the Camogie teams on Saturday. The, the juniors in action at 2 o'clock in Brough and then the seniors at half 3 in Galway. And then on Sunday, the under-20s in the All-Ireland uh, final against Kilkenny at half 1. Um, it's bones just, of an hour and a half. Just before we go there, Jack, um, the, 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 the county leagues um, are now reaching the concluding stages and there, there are a number of semi-finals in the county leagues. Um, they, 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 the, the leagues are running on the basis of, um, right, you have the South Limerick Singer Hurling League. That is also the South Limerick Singer Hurling Championship. Okay. It, it, it doubles up. So um, they're down to the semi-final stages in a lot of cases. And um, uh, there are football semi-finals down for next weekend. Some of the senior football finals, semi-finals in the division, I think, the two um, uh, football semi-finals are down for decision in, in the city. I think there's one in the West involving Barry Steen. Hello, St. Cairns, yeah. St. Cairns and Barry Steen. Um, why weren't you telling me about that, Jack? Uh, we keep our powder um, dry around here now. <laughs> when he just you know, out of the just, 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 just to keep balance, Jack, in the podcast, Barry Landers are playing Galbley in the semi-final in the South. and Galbley uh, won all their games. Just, just to make, just to make the point, Jack. Also, that Belly Landers are the holders of the South. No, Palestine uh, won the West in 2019, I think. But Belly Landers versus Palestine uh, is the big one, and it'll be the first weekend of July. Um, I'd imagine the Munster final won't make any difference to that. But I'll be just back from from uh, holidays, so we'll talk about that sooner or time. But yeah, the best look to all those teams. We'll have to dedicate a, po- a podcast alone to that, Jack. Yeah, we'll have a separate part for that, because I don't think many people want to listen to this bar, our own, if even our own listen to us at this stage. But yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, very eventful weekend to look forward to. Um, and a, a couple of weekends in a row, like when we were first talking in 2020, you couldn't even get to a game. And now we have two Munster finals we're looking forward to. In less than two years, it's just a huge turnaround, I suppose, for Limer people and for people in general. But it's something to look forward to. It makes the week a bit shorter. A, a big turnaround, Jack. There was no such thing as tickets for the left for two years, and now they're fighting over them. Yeah, it's great. 
<laughs> they're definitely fighting for a right, but I you will get a ticket. I think I think if you try hard enough, you'll get a ticket for any GA game. I think it applies mm. for anything. There was a, plenty of tickets popping up when I was below in Ennis on Sunday. I was offered a few of them if I wanted them. So uh just keep your ear out if you want a Munster final ticket for anything or the All Ireland final um this Sunday. But we'll leave you with that. We're approaching that 90 minute mark. That's probably way too long, but Again, a huge thank you to you, Matt. The best of luck to the three Limer teams in action this weekend. And we'll be back next week to look back on the start of the Kamaui Championship, the 21s All-Ireland and the Munster final to look forward to. So thank you for all for listening and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, Impression again, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tommaso Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the back of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for